0: So a few days ago, I was doing some research on American women, okay, specifically American women. And I found some interesting things, so I wanted to share them with you. My mind was blown by some of these. (laughs) On average, American women spend between $150 and $400 per month just on their clothes. Nothing else, just clothes. That's no hair, makeup, nothing, just clothing. They spend $3,756 per year just on beauty products. So like makeup, lotion. I mean, that's wild. $877 a year just on hair. <laughs> I know some people like to go get their hair you know, really fixed up. Maybe you're not that person, but that's a lot of money just on hair in a whole year. This one's wild. 93% of teenage girls, that's girls y'all's age, say that shopping is their favorite thing to do above anything else. Like sports, that's their favorite hobby. They would just rather go shopping to buy clothes, beauty products, whatever it is. So with all of that said, on average, a woman will spend eight years of her life shopping. That's crazy. When you think about it all the time, you put together eight years just shopping. That's a lot of time and energy spent into that. So based on these statistics, I think we can all say that it's clear that women in America highly value their beauty, their clothes, their hair, their makeup, their shoes, and They seem to greatly value these things, and we can see that based on where their money is spent. A lot of money goes towards these things. And did you know that God's word actually says that we should value beauty? But the beauty that God tells us we should value is worlds different from what the world tells us we should value. The world says that in order for a woman to be beautiful, you need to spend hundreds, thousands of dollars on clothes, jewelry, shoes, makeup, hair, whatever it is. But God's word defines beauty so much differently. It's important that you know that God defines beauty differently and he sees what he sees as true beauty. Without knowing what God says is beautiful, You will spend your whole life searching for beauty in all of the wrong places. So I want you to open your Bibles to 1 Peter 3. We're going to read verses 1 through 6. These verses that we're about to read, they show us what God considers to be true beauty. So rather than looking to the world for our definition of beauty, we're going to look to these verses to see God's definition of beauty. All right, let's go ahead and read those verses. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing that you wear. But let your adorning be True beauty. God defines what beauty is. We don't have to go to the world for the definition of beauty. These verses that we just read show that true beauty is reflected in your conduct, the way that you behave. So that brings us to our first point. Examine your behavior. So in the passage we just read, Peter starts off with the word likewise. So when we see that word likewise, we know that it's a continuation of what he was um, just previously talking about in chapter number two. So if you remember um, Pastor Jacob's previous um, previous sermons on 1 Peter 2, then we know that Peter was talking about how we need to submit to authority. Peter continues talking about submission, but now he is talking about how wives need to submit to their husbands. Peter then goes on to say, wives, be subject to your own husbands so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. So now I know when you read this, you see the word wives and you're like, how does this apply to me? I'm in junior high, Amber. (laughs) I'm not a wife, but I don't want you to check out the instructions in these verses, they're still for you. This verse applies to you, and there is something that you can get out of it. 1 Peter 2.12 says, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. So these verses are telling all Christians, not just women, but all Christians to keep their conduct honorable. And around non-Christians so that they may glorify God by seeing your godly conduct. In 1 Peter 3, Peter is telling wives to keep their conduct honorable by submitting to their husbands and having respectful and pure conduct so that they can win their husbands over for Christ. So the principles in these verses, they apply to everyone. I want you to hear me say that, not just for wives. Peter is just giving specific detail on how a woman married to a non-Christian will live these things out. Peter is telling these married women that they don't need to be concerned about the words that they say to win their husbands over for Christ, but instead they need to know that their conduct, which is the way they live their life, is what will win their husbands for Christ. So your conduct, that's your behavior. It's the way that you conduct your life, the way that you live. And a godly woman must have respectful and pure conduct. Ladies, we need to have this at home, at school, at church, with friends, and even when you're alone. So respectful conduct means that your behavior shows that you fear God. Every Christian should have a fear of God. Deuteronomy 8.6 says, So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. Proverbs 8.13a says, The fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil. Fearing God means having respect and reverence for him, obeying his commands because you love him. Your respect for God is what motivates you to respect others. Respectful conduct may look like being obedient to God, your leaders, your coaches, your parents, your friends. It may look like being polite or considerate of others, being thoughtful, being courteous. All of those things are respectful conduct. If you don't fear God, then you won't have respect for your coaches, parents, teachers, friends. Matthew 7, 12 says, So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also for them, for this is the law and the prophets. So pure conduct. Pure conduct is righteous conduct, unstained from sin. Every area of your life, my life, Everything that we do needs to be pure, righteous, and godly. You need to have pure conduct with your words. So this means no gossiping, no foul language, not saying inappropriate things, don't use your words to tear others down. You need to have pure conduct on social media, whatever platform that is that you use. There's so many out there, I don't even know them all anymore. (laughs) Make sure that you're posting appropriate pictures and videos. Make sure that the accounts that you follow, make sure they're appropriate. Make sure you're watching clean videos. You need to have pure conduct with the music you're listening to. Does it say inappropriate words? Don't listen to inappropriate songs. You need to have pure conduct In your secret life. So what I mean by this is this is when no one's around. When you're home alone or you're in your room, nobody else is there. What are you doing? How is your behavior? What are you watching? What are you listening to? How is your thought life? Maybe you don't say inappropriate things, but do you think them? Maybe you don't think negative things about other people or maybe you don't say negative things about other people but maybe you think them. Respectful and pure conduct is godly conduct. Examine your behavior, the way that you live. Is it respectful? Is it pure? What do people who don't trust Christ think about your behavior? Is it different from theirs? Or are you living the same way? Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world. Your life should look different from the world, different from the people you pass by in the grocery store or at school. Could someone who doesn't believe in Jesus be led to Jesus by observing your behavior? Peter continues in verse 3, which says, Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. In these verses, we see that there's a difference between external beauty and internal beauty. So point number two is realize true beauty is not external the word adorn means to make more beautiful or attractive. This is the thing that you use to make yourself more beautiful to others. Peter is telling us, women, to not not let our adorning be external. We shouldn't depend, what is on, the, depend on what is on the outside to make us beautiful. That could be jewelry, hairstyles, clothes, accessories, shoes. None of that should be what makes you beautiful. Now, it's okay to have cute hairstyles and clothes and shoes and jewelry. That's okay. But these things cannot be what you rely on to make you beautiful. Peter says, But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which in God's sight is very precious. That is what Peter says we should adorn ourselves with, the hidden person of the heart, imperishable beauty, a gentle and quiet spirit. Meaning, depend on your inner self, who you truly are to make you beautiful. Who you truly are is very precious in God's sight. Peter is describing what your true self should be, and he uses the words gentle and quiet spirit. Now, this isn't a spirit like a ghost. This means you, who you are. You need to be gentle and quiet. You need to be a woman who is kind, forgiving, merciful, and tender. A woman who is not gentle is going to be harsh loud, pushy, trying to get your way. Now, what Peter is not saying is that a woman has to be weak and you can never talk. He's not saying that. A gentle and quiet spirit is not a bad thing. Culture tells us that's a bad thing, but God says that it's true beauty. It's precious to him. A gentle and quiet spirit is going to be one that embodies the fruit of the spirit. Galatians 5, through 23 says, But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. These are the qualities that every Christian should show. Love. Do you love others well? Do you love the way that Jesus says to love? Joy means that you have joy that only Christ can provide. Remain joyful through hard times. Peace. Have peace in all circumstances. Have peace through trials. The Bible says that Christ can give us a peace that surpasses all understanding. Patient. Are you patient with others? Are you a patient person? Or do you get frustrated very easily? Kindness means, are you a kind person? Are you kind to other people? Goodness meaning purity, righteous, and godly behavior. Faithfulness means remaining faithful to God, keeping your word. Gentleness. Here's the same word that Peter uses in the verses we're studying. God values gentleness. It's not being harsh. Self-control means that you have control over your body. You can say no to temptation. This kind of true beauty is the beauty Peter is describing, and it's imperishable. It's very precious to God. It doesn't fade, doesn't get old, and it actually only gets better with time. So when I read about a godly woman that is gentle and quiet, I think all the way back to my junior varsity cheerleading coach in the ninth grade. Yes, I was a cheerleader. I wasn't that great at it. She is one of the most patient, kind, loving people that I have ever met. And let me tell you something about our team. We were not the best. We weren't the loudest or the sharpest on the sideline at the football games. And we probably required a lot more coaching than your usual cheerleading team. My cheer coach, she never lost her cool, she never got frustrated, and never talked down to us. No matter how many times she gives the same instructions over and over and over again, And no matter how many times we goofed off on the sideline, she was always patient, kind, loving, caring, and forgiving. God says your inner beauty is your true beauty. And it is very precious in his sight. Very precious. We need to see as precious what God sees as precious. Don't depend on your makeup, your outfit, your jewelry. Don't depend on any of that to make you beautiful. These are not the things that define your true beauty. They are not what God says makes you beautiful. Your inner self, your gentle and quiet spirit, that is what makes you beautiful to God. And I'm going to say it again. These things are very precious to him. We put so much time and effort into the clothes that we wear, the makeup we put on, the jewelry we buy, and the hairstyles we have. The world tells us, wear this makeup, buy this specific one. Go to this store, get it here, wear it like this. That's what's going to make you beautiful. Dress this latest trend just like this. These exact pants with this shirt, that's exactly how you need to dress. That'll make you beautiful. Do your hair like this. Use this clip, this product, this tool. That's going to make you beautiful. Or have this jewelry. It's got to be this bracelet, this ring. Wear it this way. That's what's going to make you beautiful. But, girls, the makeup you wear, that's not your true beauty. Your on-trend outfit, not your true beauty. Your earrings, your bracelets, your necklaces, not your true beauty. Your shoes that everyone has, not your true beauty. The world says these things are what you should depend on to make you beautiful. But these things are not the things that God says you should depend on to make you beautiful. So I have a question for you. What do you rely on to make you beautiful? Is it the things that the world says make you beautiful? Or is it the things that God says makes you beautiful? Peter goes on to say in verse 5, For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves, by submitting to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Peter describes these women as holy. That is what God wants from you, to be holy. Here's point number three. Know that holiness is true beauty in God's eyes. The godly women that Peter is referring to in the past, they adorn themselves by submitting to their husbands. By submitting to their husbands, they were being obedient to God. They were being holy. Peter uses a specific example about Sarah and how she was obedient to God by submitting to her husband. Peter continues, And you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. You are Sarah's children if you do good do not fear anything that is frightening. When he says doing good, that means having respectful and pure conduct like we talked about. Do not fear. That means trusting in God. Now, you are not Sarah's literal children, but spiritual children. Part of God's family. Peter is saying that God's children will be holy, obedient righteous, and will trust him. 2 Corinthians 7.1 says, Let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. This verse is talking about sin and how sin defiles us. Sin ruins us. And we are called by God to cleanse ourselves from sin and pursue holiness. So I don't know about you, but you know when you have that one shirt that's like really soft and it's comfortable and it just kind of fits just right and it's your favorite, so you kind of want to wear it all the time? Well, I have one of those, (laughs) and I wear it often. But let me tell you something. Noah, my son, he does not care that this particular shirt is my favorite. (laughs) At most meals, I sit next to Noah and Jacob sits on the other side of Noah. And he's a messy eater. He has not mastered being clean yet. And sometimes he uses his fork. He's learning. He's getting good at it. But most of the time, he uses his hands. Now, I don't know if it's just get more, gets more in the mouth. I'm not sure why this is his default method, but that's what he does. The unfortunate thing about him using his hands is at some point during the meal, I mean, this always happens. He's going to reach over and touch my arm. Mama. And I'm like, oh, because my shirt now has a mess on it. It's now dirty. And I'm like, and it always happens to my favorite shirt. Always. I love that little guy so much, but I do not like food on my shirt, (laughs) especially my favorite shirt. So when this happens, the first thing I do is I grab a baby wipe because we have them everywhere. And I'm trying to get it off, trying to scrub it off. Sometimes it's something easy, like a few crumbs from a chicken nugget or something, and I can get it off. But uh, most of the times, most of the time, it's mac and cheese because that's his favorite. And just so you know, mac and cheese does not really come off with baby wipe. <laughs> so I then have to throw my shirt in the wash. I have to change, throw it in the wash before my shirt's ruined because once the mac and cheese like crust on your shirt, then it's just really hard to get out. So I wash it. When I take it out of the wash, the first thing I do As I look at it, and I'm like, okay, did the stain come out? Like, are there more stains? What's going on? Most of the time it comes out, but sometimes it has to go right back in the wash. It's got to soak this time. I do whatever it takes to get the mess out, whether that's multiple washes, stain remover, soaking it, whatever method I can Google, I'm going to get the stain out. Eventually it comes out, and it's good as new. That is what Peter says godly women will do. We're to get rid of, cleanse ourselves from any sin, impurities, and filthiness. Holy women will obey God by living righteous lives and will always trust him. You need to see that true beauty is being holy, being godly, having godly conduct. So in order to become truly beautiful in God's eyes, you should be fighting against temptation and repenting from sin, trying to become more like Jesus. Ladies, we need to value true beauty. Don't depend on how you dress to make yourself beautiful. Instead, strive for holiness, a gentle and quiet spirit, and have respectful and pure conduct. And I want you to remember this. These things are very precious in God's sight. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for our time together. Um, God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it tells us the clear um, meaning, the definition of true beauty. God, I pray that that is how we would define beauty, is based on your definition, what you say is truly beautiful and not what the world does. God, I pray for our small groups tonight. I pray that we would have great discussion, that we would be open to listening to others and to um, sharing. God, I pray that you would just continue to bless our time together as we go into small groups. In Jesus' name, amen.